At a time when educating girls was seen as controversial, Brisbane Girls Grammar School opened its doors to provide young women in Queensland the same opportunities as their brothers. 145 years on, Girls Grammar strives to enrich lives through learning. Join us as we explore topics that are current and relevant to students, families and teachers in Illumin. Welcome to Illumin, a space for considered thought and enlightening conversation about all things related to education. I'm Jacinda Ryler, Principal of Brisbane Girls Grammar School, and your host today as we explore those essential building blocks of scientific discovery, a sense of wonder and curiosity about the world around us. Humans are, as history tells us, endlessly curious, constantly seeking to understand why things are the way they are and how they can be expanded, adapted or perhaps recreated. That curiosity is, of course, and has been the springboard of the greatest human endeavours and achievements. As educators, we know that it needs not only to be encouraged, but also thoughtfully guided. Science teachers are deeply concerned with inspiring students to ask questions and to develop the skills necessary to evaluate the information they discover, to make sense of our world and to find answers. And, just as importantly, to contribute to that fascinating process of scientific discovery. Today I'm speaking with Jerry Bernard, Head of Science Curriculum Development at Girls Grammar. Jerry hails from the US and you'll certainly discover that very soon when she starts speaking, but she completed a graduate research degree in solid state physics, materials science and engineering at the University of Michigan. Jerry came to us at Girls Grammar as a science laboratory technician, but it became very obvious to us very quickly that she would be a wonderful teacher. And so she left to study education and returned as a teacher six years ago. Since then, she's developed particular interests and skills, and as you will hear, an infectious passion for designing curriculum that not only supports deep learning, but also fosters a love for scientific discovery. Welcome, Jerry. Thank you, Jacinda. Now, Jerry, you recently wrote an article, which of course is available on the school's website if listeners would like to access that now. That article talked about the importance of scientific literacy, a concept that has been undeniably important in these times of a global pandemic. In your article, you discuss those questions every child asks, often repeatedly, why is the sky blue or why is water wet? And you talk about how they reveal a scientific habit of mind that all people fundamentally possess. By the time our students reach you in year seven, they may not still be asking why the sky is blue, but do you still see that spark of curiosity and how do you nurture that in the classroom? Well, I would say that on the whole, our girls are insatiably curious from year seven all the way up to year 12. And that spark is definitely there. In the science faculty, we see that curiosity in the students as a gift. It's a gift to us as educators when the girls ask a question that leads into a deep discussion about a topic that we may not have even planned to address in a particular lesson. It allows us to go deeply into that topic beyond the syllabus and into spaces that really align with the girls' lives and their experiences. And in that way, by giving time and attention to those questions, we're showing our respect and appreciation for the girls' inherent curiosity about the world. Also, because science itself is so much about questioning, we're talking about questions all the time. So every scientific discovery or technological innovation started with someone asking a question. 
And sometimes they started with what could be seen as a silly question. I like to tell the story of how Einstein's theory of relativity began when he asked himself the question, what would it be like to ride alongside a beam of light? And that question seems frivolous at first, maybe even like a daydream. But that thought experiment, as he called it, was the foundation of entirely new branches of physics. And telling stories like that to the girls and respecting their apparently silly or childish questions by taking them seriously is a way in which we try to nurture that curiosity in the classroom. I think what you've tapped on to is that um, importance of respect in the classroom and for those curious questions and, and, and you paint a, a, an exciting and almost magical picture about science and I, I know that's the case in your classroom but in your article you also went on to say that not only is the sense of curiosity essential for people to be able to inquire and construct their own meaning but also that you and your fellow science students have what you perceive as a, a certain responsibility to all students to arm them with with scientific literacy skills, regardless of whether they intend to pursue it or whether they're passionate science students. And, and, and giving them those skills allows them to make critical decisions in their lives. So how do you teach students to ask the kind of questions that will empower them to make those informed decisions? We start very early. <laughs> so when the girls arrive at BGGS in year seven, their first science unit isn't about memorizing content or facts. It's actually about what it means to be a scientist, to think scientifically. We even call it, am I a scientist yet? And in the very first activity, we tell them, just like you said, that even if they're not planning on a career in science, they need to study it because it will help them to make better decisions and because when they're old enough to vote, they'll need to elect good decision makers. And we explore all sorts of ideas in that unit, how to make detailed observations, what constitutes a fair test, how to interpret data and draw conclusions from it. And we're constantly coming back to the idea of what is a good scientific question. The girls learn that a good scientific question is specific that it's about objects or organisms or events in the natural world, and that it must be answerable through observation or experimentation and not just through opinion. So we lay this important foundation in year seven and then constantly rely on it as the girls progress through their science work. Just yesterday in my year 10 physics class, we were working on crafting the best possible research question that we could use if we wanted to compare electric cars and petrol cars. We were asking ourselves, is this question really specific enough? And what information would we need in order to answer it thoroughly and to convince other people that we had the right answer? So this work of teaching the girls how to ask the right kinds of questions, it never really ends. It doesn't. And one of the great pleasures of these conversations, Jerry, that we have is that we like to now hear from some of the girls and, and they will articulate so beautifully what it is about science that excites and inspires them, but also what they've learned and, and how they're able to articulate that process of scientific discovery. Ellen and Erin, you are both very uh, fine science students and you love learning about science, you are passionate um, supporters of science, but if I were to say to you, what does the concept of scientific inquiry mean? How would you, how would you explain that? Scientific inquiry is where we start with a question or a curiosity and then we move on and learn about all the concepts and deepen our knowledge of the certain concepts and move on to experimenting and drawing brilliant conclusions that 
really answer our questions on our own rather than relying on just textbooks. What about you? Um, how do you feel about scientific inquiry as a concept, Ellen? I think, yeah, what Erin was saying about finding a deeper meaning to what we're learning in class. And I think, as you were saying before, it really it connects to the broader community and the broader world, like trying to find things that are going to help our society by using science and using all these different innovations that we're coming up with. And I think, yeah, trying to make, really just, this sounds cliche, but trying to make the world a better place by having all these intelligent people thinking intelligent things. Well, that's about using your education for a greater purpose and there's yeah. nothing cliche about that. If you have a sense of purpose and meaning in your learning and that this is going to take us somewhere or we're going to contribute, that's a really powerful thing that I suspect motivates you in, in the classroom. So it's wonderful that you have that sense. But tell me, when we talk about curiosity in the classroom, particularly in science, um, sometimes that emerges out of being surprised from time to time. So Ellen, have you ever been surprised in science? Oh yeah, right at the moment in chemistry we're doing some experiments and even though we've looked at the rationales and we've found all the theories behind how, well in this case how molecules are supposed to react with each other, um, when we've been doing experiments it's really had not really what we've expected and I think by finding that um, we've come up with a whole lot of different ideas and I think especially in physics where it's really mathematically based um, trying to come up with those theories for ourselves, not just being taught and being having to rote learn equations, like actually having to theorise and come up with why they work. I think that really is something that helps. So, Ellen, as you were speaking, Erin was nodding vigorously. So tell me about that independence, so that, that um, you know, doubting your own conclusions, exploring, hypothesising. Um, is that an exciting um, experience for you? And, and have you been surprised in science? Yes, I believe that it's really interesting when we find our own ways in learning because not everyone um, has a structured way of going through learning a formula or equations. Rather, we should understand and that actually helps us check if we're doing like an equation right. Do either of you uh, imagine that your future studies and um, longer term career might be in the areas of, of science? I think, yeah, I'd really like to do something that has to do with science and particularly chemistry and physics because that, those sorts of mathematical ideas are really something that appeals to me. But I think also this whole, well, particularly that's been ingrained with me from Girls' Grammar is trying to find something that will benefit the community. So I really want to do some sort of something that will help maybe in medical practices where I can... Um, maybe engineer something that will help people or that will help give them a better way of life or people in poverty. Something that's really that will both benefit me by finding out new things but also other people by having access to these facilities. So I think my next question, you've probably already answered it, and that is, is science important? So I think you've articulated that uh, rather clearly, Ellen, that you think that it is. Um, what about you, Erin? Do you think science is important? Do you think everybody needs to learn about science? Should it be compulsory or should it, should it be something that people can elect to do? I believe that we should start with the basics, definitely, to have an understanding of the world that we live in. You don't have to go into a PhD. You just need the basics, really. And I think it should be compulsory just to a level that 
We have a basic understanding of the world around us, but if you really love science, it's best if you continue doing it because it's really interesting and sparks a lot of curiosity and ingenuity, really. And what about you? Do, Ellen, do you, do you think science is fundamentally important in a well-rounded education? I think it really is. And I think in the contemporary setting of this whole COVID-19 thing, there's people that have been speculating about 5G causing coronavirus. And I know from our perspective, even in year eight, we were learning about viruses and how they worked and how vaccinations worked and things like that. And so seeing these people that are making theories and conspiracies and stuff like that, it's just really evidencing to me how people with that little education, especially about science, is really limiting their knowledge and I don't know, it's kind of creating a divide between us because of the education and the, or the lack of education. I think you've captured that really beautifully, the importance of, of being um, discerning users of the knowledge and to be able to discriminate fact from fiction and that it's important for us to have the rigour in um, your studies that allows you to, to do that. So thank you, Erin and Ellen, for so beautifully articulating what scientific inquiry means to you and most importantly, why science is important. Thank you for having thank us. Jerry, your article also talks about the COVID-19 pandemic and particularly the spread of misinformation surrounding it. Has our experience, do you think, provided us with some very useful, uh, contemporary, teachable moments? And what are some of the lessons or conversations that you've been able to share with your students during this time? When the epidemic began to ramp up in Australia, I'd say maybe about one or two weeks before the school moved to remote learning, I actually decided to address the COVID issue in my classes. Um, at the beginning of the lesson, I opened up the discussion with what I knew about the situation and more importantly, about where I was getting my information from. Sources like the World Health Organization and medical journals. And the girls seemed really relieved to learn that the data was showing that young people like them were much less likely to experience severe symptoms. And we got to an understanding about how in order to protect the more vulnerable population and flatten the curve, everyone was going to need to pitch in and do their part to slow the spread of the virus. And the girls were just full of questions. How was the virus transmitted? What were the symptoms? How could they keep themselves safe? Which opened up a fabulous discussion on just simple hygiene measures that they could take. And when they asked a question and I didn't know the answer, that was the best part because we could Google it together as a class and try to find the best source online to try to find the answer together. So that curiosity and that modelling of, I guess, not knowing actually translates into how you actually became a teacher. So, of course, Jerry, um, we know a little bit about your background and your studies in the United States, but you came to us, as I said, as a, as a lab technician, and you decided to pursue a career in teaching because of the example of those teachers that you had worked alongside. And I think there's a really important message for girls in that too, obviously, particularly in secondary school, they're starting to explore potential career paths, they um, sometimes assume that we all knew exactly where we were going, but of course we rarely do. What was it in particular that inspired you about those teachers that you worked with um, that made you make that pretty significant commitment to go back and study teaching? 
So if I go back to when I first started working at Girls Grammar, I was hired as a physics laboratory technician. So I was working really closely with our physics teachers, mostly our head of physics, Alan Allenson, and our director of science, Dr. Sally Stevens. And back in the OP system, one of the biggest assessment pieces that we did in senior science was called the extended experimental investigation. And in physics, that meant allowing the girls to choose a very open-ended research topic and spend almost an entire term experimenting and making scientific discoveries. And these research topics were completely the opposite of what I had had in high school, those cookie-cutter, follow-the-instructions experiments that led to a very prescribed answer. And what a fantastically challenging and rich experience for them and what a completely frightening experience for me as a laboratory technician trying to guide them to a completely unknown answer. I had no idea what the end result was going to be and I thought, how could I do this? But the fabulous teachers that I was working with, they actually assured me that that was the whole point. This anxiety that I had about not knowing the answer was the best part of it. And I saw that in those teachers a way of teaching that I hadn't really experienced. Teachers as guides, teachers as mentors, teachers as research assistants. And once I embraced the concept of the journey, the process being just as important, if not more important than the answers, then working with the girls was just so much fun. And I knew that I had to do what these teachers were doing. It really was a calling. Well, the next question I have for you relates to that um, sense of not knowing and fascination uh, with the unknown, in particular, your particular interest in astronomy. And many people may not be aware, of course, that the school has the Dorothy Hill Observatory, and that's located at our Outdoor Education Centre. And what that comprises of is a series of remotely operated robotic telescopes. You have been absolutely passionate about making sure that the girls understand that equipment, that they're able to access that equipment, and you have a particular fascination in astronomy. So you have very much been a mentor, guide and a research assistant to many of those girls. Would you like to tell me just a little more about why you're so interested in astronomy? I've been interested in astronomy and in space for as long as I can remember, really. I grew up in the era of the NASA Space Shuttle and the building of the International Space Station, which was very exciting. And astronomy, space, cosmology, it's just so incredibly fascinating. It gets to the really big questions that people have and answers them on such a huge scale. Where did we come from? Where are we? What incredible things are sharing this place, this universe with us? What will happen in the future? And we're so lucky at Girls Grammar that we have the Dorothy Hill Observatory to help our students explore these big questions. It's actually a really exciting time for the telescopes at the DHO right now because our year sevens are using the observatory for the first time. They're starting at the very beginning, learning about nebulas, galaxies, and star clusters, and choosing one of these amazing objects for their own personal telescope pictures. They'll be learning how to write instructions for the refracting telescope, that's the one that uses lenses, and they're submitting their image requests, but they'll have to wait a few weeks to actually see their pictures as the telescope works through all of their requests each evening. We also have the year eight students learning how to use the reflecting telescope. That's the one that uses the mirror. And in year 10 physics, for the first time, we're starting to do narrow band imaging with the girls, which is a special technique that uses colored filters to analyze the gas composition of nebulas that are hundreds of light years away from the Earth. 
We can hear you smiling, even if people can't see you. But Jerry, look, we understand, obviously, the fundamental importance of that relationship between a teacher and their students, that excitement, that passion. There's nothing that can replicate it. And all of us will look back, I guess, on our own school experience and remember a particular teacher who had a particular passion. That comes through very, very clearly. But we also understand the importance of these physical uh, facilities. So they, they do enable us to do things that we otherwise may not be able to do. And certainly the school's commitment to that observatory was a a very firm commitment to taking girls seriously, taking their education seriously, and uh, very importantly in this case, their science education. We're about to open a wonderful new science learning centre. It'll be open by the end of the year. A great deal of thought has gone into the construction of that building and the impact it will have on learning. How do you hope this building will affect science? And most importantly, what impact will it have, do you think, on our science students and how they learn about science and develop that deep curiosity and passion for the scientific process at our school? Well, I would take that back to what you were just saying about taking our students seriously. It's something that we pride ourselves on at Girls Grammar, and we really embrace that idea in the science faculty because it helps us to promote that mode of scientific thinking in the girls and the idea of them as scientists. So when they walk into our science rooms, they're not just science students. They become real scientists. And the new Science Learning Center will really enhance that idea for them. So when they walk across that bridge into that building, everything around them will tell them that they are in a place for science. From the periodic table in the entryway and the interactive displays that we'll have near the classroom doors, scientific ideas will be all around them. And even the beautiful oculus in the roof, discovering the path that the sun makes as it shines through that hole and hits the interior walls of the building. So seeing what the pattern is of that over a day or a month or a year, that in itself is a scientific journey. And I've actually been thinking about how we can try to work that into some of our astronomy lessons. (laughs) It will be a wonderful space for our girls and the science faculty is really looking forward to the opportunities that it'll bring. Fantastic. And a, te- a good teacher never sleeps or never stops thinking. And that's that's very evident in speaking to you, Jerry. Thank you so much for articulating a little about how you inspire curiosity in your students and that sense of responsibility that all of our science teachers have to inculcate in all students a sense of the importance of scientific understanding and a, and a passionate interest in the scientific process. It was a pleasure to speak with you and um, it will be wonderful to see what you can do in the classrooms of our wonderful new science building. Thanks very much. It was a pleasure to be here. You have been listening to Illumin, a podcast by Brisbane Girls Grammar School. Music was written and performed by Year 12 student Lily Lau Coombs. To learn more about our school, visit our website at www.bggs.qld.edu.au.